it makes way more sense to barter in addition to our cash business coming in, but we need to grow and have barter as a marketing tool to bring in new business, to expand networks, to, um, to offset expenses. You're listening to Entrepreneur Journeys, where I share insights and strategies based on owning and managing businesses while traveling and living on three continents. I also interview business owners about their journey, what they learned along the way, and how that can help you with your business growth. For more resources to accelerate your entrepreneur journey, head over to gapologist.com, where I share resources, events, community, and more. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Ed. It's great to have you here. I'm excited to be back. Today we have Ed Fox on the show. He is a serial entrepreneur. He is also a big fan of dad jokes, has created some dad jokes, and has even written two books of dad jokes. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I was saying, telling somebody that today that uh, I think I need a dad joker uniform, sort of like Batman's Joker, but with a dad bod, you know, set up. So I think that would work. Oh, that would work. I'm not sure how that would come over on on video. But yeah, true. Ed, where do you hail from today? I am sitting in Nashville, Tennessee, actually Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville. Um, loving it in Nashville. I've been here three years now. Oh, wow. Okay. And you've been there three years. Where were you before that? 30 years in Kansas, uh, Wichita, Kansas, and just south of Wichita, a little town called Hayesville, Kansas, which is about I don't know, 10,000 people or so. Okay. Very good. Nashville is a whole lot bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah, like 2 million maybe. <laughs> yeah. So small fish in a big pond now. Right. So so I know you are a serial entrepreneur and you have a number of things going, Ed. But when you were younger, was there any indication that you would have your own business and do your own thing? Well, when you mean younger, how young do you mean? You're going to make this difficult, aren't you? Sorry. Just, just <laughs> looking for clarification. Because I already had my own business when I was younger. Whoa. Tell me about that. So you want to go back to seven or you want to jump ahead to 15? Well, let's let's start at seven real quick. It sounds like this okay. could be a long story. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, so seven was I'd go to work with dad. Didn't really like working. He's working on the roofs. I'm picking up all the nails and crap around the yards. And then I see all these empty Coke bottles that they had uh, just stacked up in a corner. And I'm like, I'm going to put those in the car and, and go turn them in for cash. And then I got my little red wagon, put it in the back of the truck with dad as dad stuff. And then I, would, I wouldn't work for him. I'd go around picking up all the Coke bottles uh, of everybody that left them out in the 70s. So this is uh, 67, 74. I'm like seven years old. And um, I would then take them into the to the store and get five cents a bottle. And then the guy, the uh, Mr. Thelopoulos, it was a Greek guy. And he said, why not take a cooler and put a pop in there? I'll put ice in there and you can sell them and I'll give you 20 cents a bottle. And then when you bring me back the empties, I'll give you five cents a bottle. I sold out every weekend, made about 15 bucks a weekend as a seven year old. I was in the, I was in the dough. Man. Yeah, man, you were rolling in it. I was rolling in it, 15 <laughs> bucks. You could go to the movies, you could buy chips. Uh, hot chips, uh, French fries. Uh, you could have your little entourage posse that liked you because you had money. 
<laughs> yeah, that was when 15 bucks was, was 15 bucks, man. It was 15 bucks, man. I can tell you that. <laughs> so that was seven. So I, I'd been bit by the bug. My grandmother was a top 10 Tupperware dealer in Australia in the 70s. Um, so my, I saw my grandpa work well with her to book parties and do that stuff. We'd go over to her place and double car garage. We'd book all the old, uh, we'd fill up all the Tupperware orders. You know, you get the old game with the little things in it and you'd hide out in a box. And she says, Edward, only my feet would be sticking out the end of the box. She says, you need to come work. Uh, I said, nanny, when I grow up, I want to be a business owner. She said, very good. Now get back to work. So, uh, so at 50, at 15, I, um, I ended up, uh, leaving school at 14 and nine months, which is early as you can leave school in Australia. And I went to this lady who had a convenience store. Her husband had died a couple of years previous and I'd asked her if I could open the shop. She goes, you're a little young. And I said, well, I've got a plant. She goes, tell me this plant. And so I sat down with her and I said, look, I've got $80. I got enough money to buy the business license. If you will keep the electricity in your name for 90 days. And if you would give me 90 days to pay the first month's rent, everybody's putting stuff in on consignment and I'm going to spend the what's left of the $80 to go buy groceries, mark it up hundred percent. She goes, Oh, you do have a plan. I said, yeah, I did. Uh, March 3rd, 1983. We opened that store. That store is still running today. Hmm. We haven't owned it for years and years and years. I owned it for about five years. I did a hundred thousand dollars the first year as a 15 year old. Wow. 1983. Didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. And <laughs> mom and dad were helping me because didn't have a license, didn't have anything. I couldn't sign for cigarettes. That's against the law. So they signed for cigarettes. But I had a, a 15 years old. I had a checkbook. You know, I shouldn't have even had a checkbook then. Um, but the bank didn't care um, as long as I was paying my bills. And so they come to me end of the first year said, look, dude, you're killing yourself. Let us help you out. I'm like uh, 60, 40. Mom gave me the look. Okay, 50, 50. And so next year we did 300,000, then 400,000, then 500,000, plateaued out at 500,000. Uh, we were burnt out by 1988 because we, we had been open from six in the morning till midnight, seven days a week, including Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Day was our best day. And uh, did, you have, did you have employees there? We, we had some like, you know, cash under the table, guys, because okay. I've got four sisters that are younger than me. So, you know, we had my four-year-old sister running the cash register she got really good at running the cash register at four and five and um then we had a couple of part-time employees that worked for movie rentals and worked for like five bucks an hour and back when i think um they were meant to be paying we were meant to be paying 10 they'd work for five bucks an hour and take some movie rentals and fish and chips and stuff as payment so we bought it even back then um anyway that, that was that i truly loved virtually everything I had to do with that business um, other than the accounting. Okay. <laughs> Did not like the accounting. I've heard that. You're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. So that was in Australia. That was in Australia, yes. Okay. Um, 83 to 88, 89. I moved to Brisbane and meet the most wonderful wife in the world that I've now been married to for 33 years. Okay. And then, then you moved to the States. Moved to the States in January 9th, 1990. And we got married February 17th, 1990. And I tell everybody she is the most wonderful wife in the world. And yes, I do have a Zoom background for everything. So if they want to watch the video, they can <laughs> see her. Um, and she's super supportive. She's a pharmacist by trade. She's been a manager for Kroger, Walgreens, uh, different companies. And um, we've been able to live our dreams together, raise three kids, 
Uh, the Bible says, uh, Ecclesiastes 11 to it's in NIV, it's got a verse that says, if you have seven ventures, then have eight, because you'll never know when disaster may strike. And my wife leans over to me when I tell her that, and she says, yeah, but it doesn't say 15. I said, oh, it's just a typo. <laughs> you know, it's probably 15 or 20. So so for me, it's like I, I love starting businesses. I love building them. I love working with business owners to build businesses. love coming up with ideas that they've never thought of to move their business forward, that sort of stuff. And Ed, what does that do for you? I told my business coach that two things mean success to me. One of them is making people laugh. Um, I, I think we have better health if we laugh more. We don't take ourselves so seriously. So, you know, if you're an undertaker, yeah, you have to do some more serious stuff. If you're an accountant, you have to be a bit more serious, but you can still have a lot of fun. And sometimes we're looking at this destination, but we should enjoy the journey, mm -hmm. right? And so for me, it helps. it helps me feel good. Quite honestly, it helps me feel good at making people laugh and then helping them build their business makes me feel good too. My wife's like, is there any way we can turn that into money? I'm like, yeah, I know. I should probably <laughs> be charging. So we just this year, we've launched another business. She's like, another business? I said, well, it's the same business that I was doing for free, but now we're going to charge some money for it. And so I have a, I have a business called Business Elevator where I, I help them grow anybody from zero that's got an idea for a business or wants an idea for a business up to about 100000 a year. That's the customers I want to work with. I can work with them up to a million. I've got plenty of businesses that have done a million or more. But after that, I want to hand them off to somebody else that handles, moves them to 5 million, 10 million, 20 million. Sure, sure. That so, so I'm starting some, this is my pitch, right? 200 bucks an hour. You sign up for an hour of my time. And if you don't feel I've given you some ideas that can move your company forward, uh, let me know and I'll refund the 200 bucks. Because I was doing it for free before. So now I want them to have some skin in the game and to implement some of the ideas, but I don't want it to be such a barrier to entry. And I think a money back guarantee because I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is, is the best way to do it. So I'm looking for those small business owners that are like, I don't know my next step. And I want them to be authentic to themselves and genuine, but I love helping them build businesses. It's the most fun I can have uh, not hanging out with my wife. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to work, right? We have to, most of us have to do something and it, right. we might as well enjoy it right? while we're doing it. Sure. Sure. Well, that sounds amazing. So what, what would you tell someone who says, Hey, I, I have an idea. I'm going to make the best eyeglass lens cleaners in the world. Okay. What do I need to do? You have a prototype? Got it right here. This is my, my okay. green prototype. Okay. Yeah, the green screen prototype. Got it. So you've got your prototype. Uh, are you going to produce them or are you going to have a company produce them? I don't know. Okay. So let's think about that. How many do you need to sell to be profitable? Well, they're lens covers. So, you know, they don't cost very much. I was thinking of packaging maybe five or ten at a time so I could actually charge some, some, some significant... Uh, more or less significant money for them, yes. X amount of dollars, right. Yeah. So how much, have you researched how much money that will take you to start? So I would want to know for them, what's their investment? Okay. And, and then my big thing is, if you lose that investment, if you lose every penny of it, is it going to hurt you? Right. right. Yeah, it might it hurt just, me. It's not going to kill me. It might right. hurt me, though. Okay. okay, so it's going to set you back six months, three right. months? Right, exactly. Okay, then 
If you're comfortable with that amount of risk, then let's see if it's feasible. If you're not comfortable for that amount of risk, let's stop right here. Let's right? talk about feasibility. Okay. How do you test feasibility? Well, for me, feasibility only comes from one way. If you have a product or service, you have to sell it to someone. If you can't sell your product or service, then you don't have a business. You mean it, it doesn't count the lens cleaners I gave to my mom who said they were, they were wonderful and fantastic? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, And so I will also direct a lot of people that have never done a business before. They have this business idea. I say go out and join a multi-level. Go out and join a direct sales organization and do that for six months and then come back and tell me how awesome that was at having to make a list, contact and invite, share the plan, follow through. How well did you do with that? Because when you run your own business, you're doing the same thing, mm. right? And so if they can't handle it, which most people cannot run a business, right? They can't. If they can't handle that, then I say, look, you might want a little side hustle, but keep your job. Right. Right. Keep your job. And I always tell people, keep your job until you cannot cash the paycheck for six months. Yeah, that's perfect. Cash, yeah. If you cannot cash the paycheck for six months um, and you're living off off your small business, then you can talk about retiring. But too many people would ignore that cancel counsel and they would quit after having their business three months. And then the first dip in business, they're losing their house, they're losing their car, you know. So for me, feasibility means if you if you make the best pencil on the planet or if you make the best tape measure on the planet, and I'm holding up a tape measure for those of you listening, uh, and you can't sell it to a store to sell or if you can't sell it to people at a farmer's market or a flea market or something, if you can't sell the product, then you're not going to be successful. Absolutely. Well, and, and I love how you say, you know, keep your job, make it a side hustle. Because I have seen people with these great ideas in their head, you know, they've, they've consulted the space between their ears and they have a great product and a great business and they go out on a limb, whatever that might mean to someone. They go out on a limb and, you know, they, they open up a, a store, they, they start, uh, they have rent that's a thousand bucks, they've got electricity, they've got their internet, they've got their phone, they've got $1,500, $2,500 a month. And the business doesn't take off. And it's, they're expecting to make a profit in two or three months. They don't. They close. They're out. They're looking for a job. Right. Exactly. I think we've all seen examples of that. Now, I'm not saying that that's not part of the journey. Because for some, that should be part of the journey. But because uh, I've learned more, way more from my failures than I've ever learned from my successes. Uh. Okay. Um, I, you just don't want that for anybody. You would love for them to learn from other people's failure. But you have to understand my quote um, that I've used for years is failure is a comma, not a period. Right. Okay. Yes, that's failure great. is just a comma. It's a pause. We're going to reevaluate, reassess, and then come back. You are, to be successful, you've only got to get up one more time then you fall down, right? I mean, right. it's just, you just got to, and overnight success isn't overnight. It's like an iceberg. All the stuff you do below the ocean that is the iceberg makes you successful, but all people see is this, oh man, you know, he he became an overnight success. Yes, it took him 20 years, but he became an overnight success, Exactly. Right? 
So I, I'm not saying don't fail. In fact, I recommend failing at something um, just so you can learn more from it. But I would rather you go out and start a pooper scooper business with a bucket from Home Depot or Menards and a, a scooper shovel and a lid and some flyers that cost you all of 20 bucks and start that business and either succeed or fail than to put $100,000 into a restaurant and you've never run a restaurant before. Because you know how to make a large fort, uh, how to make a small fortune in the restaurant business, Joe? Invest, a, lar invest a large fortune? That's right. You can make a small fortune in the restaurant business if you start with a large one. And a lot of other businesses are like that too. So um, I do find that a lot of business people that aren't your direct competition do like to help and do like to add value. But everybody has an opinion, right? There's a saying for that that I'm not going to use, but everybody has an opinion. You just have to find mentors that you can trust and follow. Right. And, and that it sits with your authenticity. Because if it doesn't sit with your genuineness or your authenticity, then it's not going to work. Right. I, have, I have introverts come up to me and say, oh, Edward, I wish I could be more like you. Hell no. Don't be like me. Be like you. Right. Let's find out what your authenticity is. What's your genuineness? What business do you have a passion for that even if you fail at it, you will have learned a lot, but the money that you put into it isn't doesn't put you back at zero, right? Now, sometimes we have to go all in. We have to go all in to do the work. But let's try and find a business and learn business without having to go all in, which is why the side hustle. Right, and I, I'm a big fan. I call it dip your toe in the water before you yes. dive in. And there are ways to do that. And there, are, there are large marketing agencies that do that. Um, McDonald's and the, the big franchises, they have certain cities and certain areas in the U.S. where they will test their product before right. they bring it out to the entire United States. They'll test it in a local area that they consider to be representative of right. the entire population. Wichita is like that because it's cut off from all the other cities pre-internet. So we had Crystal Pepsi, Pepsi and Pizza Hut were there, right? And so we had Crystal Pepsi and we were a test household for Crystal Pepsi. And it was just weird drinking clear Pepsi that tasted like Pepsi was never going to take off. Yeah, never right? took off. Never took off. Like New Coke. I don't know if you remember that from the 80s. Yeah. They changed the Coke formula, 1985. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they, they test huge companies. They're testing yep. the market to see yep. what people will be attracted to and, and what will fly, what will sink, what will float. And um, as small business owners or soon to be business owners, we can do the same thing. And yes, we should. Absolutely. We yep. absolutely should be testing out there to find out what flies. And like sell you the said, product, sell the product, sell the product, sell. find a customer, find a customer that will pay you for your product. When you can find one, you can find five, you can find 10, you can find 20. When you can sell 100 pieces of your product, then you know, with the feedback that comes from those, then you know whether you got a product that can work or not. Right, right. And usually what you'll find is you'll have to make some adjustments. And it's easy to do Agreed. when you're at the beginning, when you're still putting things together. Yes, 
I've got a friend that just launched a nonprofit called Simons for Seniors, where they take the Simon memory game into seniors centers and play Simon with them. And I said, a dot com won't cut it. You've got to have a dot org. You're a 501c3. Nonprofits mm. need a dot org. Your email needs to be dot org, not dot com. And they hadn't even thought about it because they'd all been business owners, not nonprofits. Right. Right. And they need dot org instead of .com. So little things like that. That's that's what I catch that other people don't catch. Right. And that's why it's important to to have a, a third eye on the situation. Someone maybe outside who can take a few steps back and take a 20,000 foot view of what's going on. Sometimes we're just too close to the situation. Right. It It's like editing. Well, I, 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 I do my own show notes, right? And for the podcast, and I'm always finding something, or someone is finding something for me. <laughs> Usually, that's how it happens because I'm too close to it, and right. some someone can can step back and take a larger well, view. Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients, and at the same time, build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients with the free resources available at gapologist.com. So one of the things that's interesting to me is anybody could start a business tomorrow for no money. You want to know how to start a business tomorrow for no money? It's very simple. You open up a Kindle KDP account, which is for their books that you upload. You download their Kindle Create program. You go to ChatGPT and you type into ChatGPT 10 things that you are passionate about that you like to do, hmm. right? And each time you type it in, let's say I'm passionate about, uh, what do they call that where they get the, the fish out of the water just by grabbing them, like catfish noodling or something where you put your arm in the catfish. I would never do it, but I was watching a show on it. Anyway, so let's say it's catfish noodling or it, don't they call catching frogs like gigging or something like that? Ed, so I, I don't know anything about it, right? So let's say you're you're a frog catcher and you fry up frogs' legs, and that's what you're passionate about, and you know how to talk about it, you know how to write about it. You go into ChatGPT and you write, "How would I outline a book about catching frogs and preparing them as food?" Right. What you know, whatever. That's weird enough that like it would be a particular niche or niche. Right. Chat GPT will know about this and will outline a book for you. Hmm. Then you can go in and you can use Google Docs for free under Word, under the Google. Um, uh, their the, the word processor program. Yeah, it's Google Docs. Word, yep. Right. Then you can start the voice recording because we don't know how to write and you can just talk to it and it will write it. 
then you can copy that. You can put it into chat GPT and say, clean this up for me with punctuation. You're not asking chat GPT to write it for you because you've already written it. Mm -hmm. You just need it cleaned up and make sense. They're like your editor. You then take that, you upload it into Kindle Create. You create a picture in Canva for free. You now have a book, and I think it is called Gigging, about gigging. How to gig frogs and prepare them for food. You put it on for 99 cents, and now you're a published author on Amazon. Perfect. Do that 100 times with 100 different book ideas, and one of them will hit. And it costs you nothing. Yeah. And the best part, all the mistakes that are in it, somebody who reads it will, and because they can read it on Kindle, uh, Kindle Unlimited for free. So you put it on Kindle Unlimited too. They read it. They'll send you an email with like all the errors you've got and you can just edit it mm. from their skills that they gave to you for free. There you go. That's that's a $100,000 idea right there. There it is. And if you do that or something like that, Tell get in touch with Ed. Get in touch with Ed. Get in touch with me. Let us know that you took that idea and you put a book on, on Kindle. We may even buy the book. I'm on Kindle Unlimited. I'll download it and read it. Yeah, super. Yeah, I like that idea. So let's think about this. You say do it 100 times. Or 10 or 1. That's, that's what? A cup, 100 weekends, let's say. You could do it in 100 weekends. I have, I have a book sitting right here called Bartonomics. I'm, I own a couple of barter exchanges. This lady went away for a four-day weekend and wrote this book. Wow. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, the world is changing so much with AI and, and what is possible with, with ChatGPT. And it doesn't cost anything. I mean, right. I was on a wait list for a little while. I'm not sure if they're doing the wait list thing anymore. I, I started paying them 20 bucks a month because I'm using it for social media calendar ideas. People are saying, oh, it's, it's, it's you know, you can't trust it, blah, blah, blah. If you know how to use it, you're not using it to do the work for you. You're using it as an assistant. Right. Right. It's like right. an assistant. If Joe, if you're my sis assistant and I say, hey, can you look over this and look how much spelling mistakes and stuff I got? It can do that for me. Mm -hmm. If I say, hey, can you rearrange this like in a better chronological order, you know, of the story that I'm telling? It can do that. So learn chat GPT and for all those people saying, oh no, our kids can't read as it is. Like they can't think. Remember when calculators came out and we started using calculators in school? Does that make us smarter or less smart today? It's smarter because we can worry our brain with other stuff. Right. Exactly. Things Americans do the best is they're very creative and they're very good thinkers uh, because we're given more independence early on. So we can spend our time thinking instead of the manual labor of putting the piece on the machine every day. We can think about what we need to do and chat GPT can help us with that, right? Yes. All of those AIs can. So don't be afraid of embracing AI to enhance life instead of thinking it's gonna be a negative. Right, and you know, what I've seen for the, some of the output is very generic. So you do need to personalize it. You do need to make it your own, but they yes. can give you an outline and then you can right. work on it. Yeah. So I, I did one. I said, look, I want to do 10 books on Australian animals, a book on a platypus, a book on a, a kangaroo, a book on a, an echidna, a book on a Tasmanian devil. And I told it what I wanted that 
premise to be. And I said, give me a give me a 10 chapter outline for a kid's book, you know, and they were great ideas, but I still have to do the work. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you talked about barter and you showed us the book about barter and I know from from knowing you that you are involved in barter, you say you have a couple of barter based businesses. Can you explain a little more about what that's about? Yeah, so uh, I own two trade bank franchises, one in Nashville, Tennessee, one in Wichita, Kansas. And the best explanation I can do is like this. We know if we buy a case of water bottles from our local grocery store, they're costing us about 15 cents a bottle. But if we go to a convenience store or a festival, they could be two or three dollars a bottle. Right. So let's say they're two dollars a bottle. That means for those of us that know our cogs, right, our cost of goods sold of our product. That means that that's about seven and a half cents a bottle. That is our cost. You with me so far? Okay. Right. So you've got a choice. You can pay a guy $2 for a hot dog or you can give him a bottle of water. Which one makes more financial sense for you to do if you're the water vendor that you're buying at 15 cents a bottle? Yeah, definitely. You trade the water. Why? It costs you 15 cents, not two bucks. Got it. That's why barter works. If you bartered a coaching session, Joe, and let's say your coaching session is $10,000 one day, right? Mm -hmm. $10,000 for your coaching session. Your cost on that is all the experiences you've learned, not to undermine that cost. There is a value there to that cost, but the actual cash cost for you to sit in front of that person and coach them on that particular day is nothing. Right. It's only the time. It's because it's all come from experience. You're getting paid for your experience, not just for your time. Yes. Right. Your time's worth 500 an hour, but your experience is worth 10,000 an hour. Okay. If you could trade 10,000 worth of coaching for a vacation in the Maldives, would you do it? It's very possible I would. There you go. And how much will that cost you? Nothing. Nothing. Right. Minimal, minimal, minimal out of pocket cost. That's why we barter. And that's why businesses, especially in recessionary times, it makes way more sense to barter in addition to our cash business coming in. But we need to grow and have barter as a marketing tool to bring in new business, to expand networks, to um, to offset expenses, to help our employees stay. Imagine if you came to me for a job and I said, hey, Joe, I know, you know, the packages that you're looking at for the two companies about the same, but here's what I'd like to offer you in addition to the regular compensation package. I'm going to give your wife a massage. I'm not going to personally give her. I'm going to give her a certificate for a massage every quarter. I'm going to give her a free oil change every quarter. I'm going to give $100 a month towards your kids' video gaming habits that you're okay with, that they can go down the local arcade. I'm going to pay for that. By the way, I'm going to give you $50 a month for eating out. And I'm going to give you a $30 a month donut allowance. And then I'm going to give you eye care. But not only eye care, you get a free pair of Maui's worth $1,000 every year. Try and go and compare that to your competition. Mm, Right. Once I have your wife happy with her massage place, she's never going to let you quit. Right. Because you're getting a massage every month. You're going to be the nicest, most taken, pampered uh, husband ever because she's getting a massage on a monthly basis that she didn't have to pay for or quarterly basis. So that's what we can do with barter is we can bring in benefits that they buy with barter dollars instead of paying cash. 
because they've got 15 cents on the dollar, 25 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar, whatever their cost is. Is that quick enough? Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Um, but can you give me a real example of something you've seen with, with some of the, the folks who are, would I say, would it be correct to say who are working with you or who are your sure. clients in the barter okay, business? So let me give, yeah, let me give you an example. Um, I'm going to tell you a bit about my story. I used to have this newspaper magazine called The Coffee News. I'm, I'm using it as a background now. It's 11 by 17 paper. It goes in all the restaurants, coffee shops, doctors, waiting rooms, insurance offices. And I sold these ads for 1200 a year per ad. I had 224 ads to sell and I was about 50% full, which means I really wasn't making any money till I got to 75% full. Hmm. I started taking barter dollars as payment for empty ad spaces because what did I have that cost? My costs were all fixed. I had to print it. I had to distribute it. I had to pay royalty fees regardless of whether it was full or not. Mm. So any ad I could fill up with a barter ad, I got $1,200 in revenue I wouldn't have got. So for instance, the first time I spent it, I had about 14,000 barter dollars, couldn't figure out what I was going to spend it on. I got a tree trimmer out to my property. I have Bradford pears, which break easy. Everything needed to be trimmed. Had a few pine trees that the beetles had got to. They need to take down. The quote was $7,000 cash. I called the trade guy that would do it on trade. He comes out. He quotes me $7,000 trade. Okay, my trade dollar cost me 12 cents. Hmm. Because that's the cost I pay to the trade exchange for when I spend my money for the business that they bought me. So I didn't have any hard cost in this because it was all fixed. And so I then spent 7,000 trade dollars that cost me, what is that? Seven times 120. So let's say 900 bucks for $7,000 worth of work. I have a pancake restaurant that's taken in 459,000 trade bank dollars instead of cash um, over since 2004. And he spent all of that, but 40 grand. Wow. So imagine how that changes your perspective of keeping the cash in the pocket. And the best example I can give you there is as a restaurant owner, if I'm paying my guys to wash windows, right? If I'm paying a company to wash my windows every week, that's costing me $100 cash every week to wash my windows. Mm -hmm. I have to make $100 profit to pay for that. Instead, I hear what Ed says and I get on Trade Bank and he brings in clients that spend $100 a month with me in trade dollars. I now have a hundred trade dollars in my trade account. I spend those hundred dollars with his window washer that comes and washes my windows for a hundred trade dollars. What did that cost me as the restaurant owner? It cost me my food cost. Let's call it 30%. And it cost me a 12% commission to Ed because he's a nice guy, but he's not working for free. So it cost me $42 instead of a hundred dollars. What happened to the other 58? that I was paying the cash window cleaner that is now back in my till and I can use it for marketing, for employee retention, mm. for upgrading my restaurant. Multiply that out by a bunch of expenses like window cleaning, we're already doing floor cleaning, carpet cleaning. Maybe we need a new Clover cash register system that we can buy 100% on trade. Maybe we need an alarm service. Maybe we need the a parking lot striped or cleaned up. Maybe we need some marketing and advertising. Maybe we need a social media manager. Imagine all of those costs being transferred from cash cost to barter dollars that cost you 42 cents on the dollar. So you're saving 58 cents on the dollar. So I'm thinking that Looking at it from from the outside, it sounds like you're paying wholesale prices on everything that you're using your barter dollars for. You're using wholesale dollars because it's your cost of goods hmm. 
plus a little something, something to me. Right. For making it work. Imagine a, a marketing company that comes to you and says, look, give me 500 bucks lifetime. And if I don't triple that in the first year, I'll refund it and let you stay a member. I'm going to charge you 12% for when I bring you business, but you don't pay that until you spend the money that I made you. Hmm. There's no marketing company that does that. Right. That's why I love the barter exchanges. And there's great ones all over the country. We all do things a little bit differently, but I'm in Nashville and Wichita and there's like 35 of our cities across the Southeast. So we're like a boutique barter exchange with about 4,000 members. Um, but yeah, anybody that ever wants to talk why they should do barter, whether it be one-on-one -on -one barter or whether it be organized barter, I would be glad to share with them what I know. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. And, and speaking of that, Ed, how can someone get in touch with you? So the best way to get in touch with me, I'm, I'm everywhere. If you search Ed Fox, Edward Fox, all of that sort of stuff, um, I, would, I would suggest you look for me on LinkedIn is really good. LinkedIn and Alignable under Edward Fox. On Alignable, I've got seven different accounts for seven different businesses. So LinkedIn might be easier. Uh, but it's just uh, linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Aussie Fox, A-U-S-S-I-E-F-O-X. Okay. And we'll have all the contact information yeah. down below in, in the yeah. show notes. And then on my background there, you can see Great. the cell number. Well, we've, we've come to a point in the show where what I like to call the lightning round. So I've, I've got a number of questions. We're going to go through these zippity zip zip quick. And I'll ask the questions, you give me the answers. Cool. Ed, how has your entrepreneurial journey transformed you? It's transformed me from an introvert that in eighth grade I hid out in the library and I couldn't talk to anybody into now, as you realize, I can't shut up. I love sharing knowledge and connecting people. So it's totally changed my life. Okay. And what most surprised you as a business owner? that you didn't make a million dollars with every business you ever opened. <laughs> like I thought, I thought if you owned a business, you were rich, but I didn't realize you're the last one to get paid. Even though everybody's saying, pay yourself first, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. Uh, as a business owner, I've never been able to not pay my employees first. So, so for me, it's like, where's all this money? Like, how come this business is so hard to sell? How do I make it make money? So that's been the biggest thing for me is, I didn't realize I wasn't going to get rich starting a business. Hmm. What unexpected challenges have you had to overcome? Oh, you name it. You know, everything has been a challenge at one point or another. Uh, regulational cha challenges, depending on what state you're in. You know, some states uh, don't have personal income tax like Tennessee, but have business income tax. Uh, some states have a lot less regulations than others. Um, and jumping through the hoops and making sure that you can't fight City Hall, folks. Just either pay the fee or don't start a business in their town and move to a, a town or a state that makes more sense. So, folks, California, New York, get out of there and move to a state where you could actually start a business that wouldn't kill you. And what book has made a big impact on you and who would you recommend that book to? Got top five. Let me think. The, the number one book for me outside of the Bible, um, I wasn't a Christian. The Bible has helped me in a lot of different ways. It's changed my life. Um, Bob Berg's Endless Referrals. Hmm. Bob Berg um, heard him speak about 30 years ago, came out with the first edition of Endless Referrals, totally changed how I networked from that guy that said, 
here's my card, 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 to how can I add value? How can I help you? What can I do for you? Who can I connect you with? And then sending them a little note and sending them a, uh, maybe a notepad. So these notepads, best marketing tool, and that's a Bob Berg idea. Put your picture on it, send it to everybody, um, because what they can do with all your contact information on there, if it's sitting on their desk, you tell them. You say, hey, if you ever got somebody that might make a good client for me, just tell them to give me a call. And you've already got all your stuff sitting on their desk. They can just rip it off and give it to them. That's a Bob Berg idea. And I've used it for 30 years. Hmm. Very good. What advice would you give to an inspiring entrepreneur in your industry? Dream bigger. Dream bigger? What do you dream mean bigger. dream bigger? I talk to a ton of millionaires. I've talked to a couple of billionaires, but mostly I talk to a ton of millionaires. I built a successful Amway business when I was a kid at 18. I uh, had 400 people, uh, 800 people in my downline in four months in Australia. Came over here, went to a lot of functions where you talk to a lot of millionaires. Then started getting around and hearing stories for business owners outside of Amway. Everybody said the same thing. I wish I dreamed bigger, younger mm. because I could help more people. Make a bigger impact. Help more people. I can help more people if I dream bigger, younger. You know, we've all heard it. Oh, shoot for the stars. And if you're lucky, you hit the moon. You know, shoot for shoot for outside the universe. And if you're lucky, you get to the Milky Way. Right. You know, um, dream bigger, dream bigger, dream bigger. That's what I would tell an aspiring entrepreneur that you can only see so far. But you have to have the vision to see 10 times that far. And how are you going to help others? If what you do does not help others, it will not be successful. If it does not solve a problem for somebody, it won't succeed. Yep, absolutely. Ed, we've talked about how someone can get in touch with you. Do you have any any resources that that people could take advantage of? Yes, I, I have some templates for different things that I do that they can uh, send me an email and I'll get that stuff to them. I'm not a big fan of scaling and automation. I'm a big fan of one-on-one -on -one relationships. Uh, what I do have is I have a um, seven steps to basically fighting inflation that I really like to do, like a cost, cost cutting, that sort of stuff. And one of them is barter. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it'll explain a bit there and that they can get that email as well. Uh, they can get that document for free and they don't go on a list where they're going to be hit with a bunch of stuff. That's that's not me. I'm looking for one on one relationships because you can scale from building relationships. OK, and we'll have all that information and contact information in the show notes. Awesome. Ed, this oh, is and then coming up, I've got my bobblehead doll. They'll be able to get that'll have nothing but dad jokes on it. So I'll have to talk to you about that. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see that. I know you're I know we, we didn't talk about your dad jokes, but that's that's something else. And if you if you get in touch with Ed or look at him on LinkedIn or wherever you might find him, look at his dad jokes. They're, they're pretty funny. Thank you. Thank you. My favorite one this week is you hear about corduroy pillows. They're making headlines. <laughs> OK, I like that one. That's great. Thank you. Ed, this has been a great conversation, my friend. Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure coming on your show. And uh, I, man, you're awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing, Ed. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and a fantastic week. Bye now. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Journeys. Remember to subscribe so you catch all the episodes and check out the show notes for any free giveaways or gifts that were mentioned during this show. Entrepreneur Journeys is brought to you by Apexable, providing the insights, tools, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your show host, Joe Matz, and until next time, I hope your journey is filled with breathtaking views and successful outcomes.